Director of Schools for Clarksville, Montgomery County, Millard House joins Charlie and Katie to talk about the decision to close schools for the pandemic. He also shares plans to help students learn and excel even with the time missed in class and resources for students who need some extra help learning during the pandemic. All on this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. This is Katie Gamble. I'm here with my buddy Charlie Kuhn for Clarksville's Conversation. This is the social distancing type version where we're kind of doing it via video meetings. And we are going to post it on Clarksville now, but we're also posting the videos on social media. And Charlie, I'm pretty excited to have our friend here today. This is not his first time on Clarksville's Conversation, though. Yeah, that's right, Katie. We've got Mr. Miller House, the uh, director of schools for Clarksville, Montgomery County. How you doing, sir? We're doing good. It's it's good to see both of you here again. It's it's been a while, and and these are different circumstances. But regardless, it's always good to uh, good to see you guys. Well, we're we're glad that you made made time for us. And you know, there's a guy. We can't even think all the things you're going through. I've got right. uh, a wife who's a teacher and a daughter who's a senior, and you know, we're fighting through it. But I can't imagine what you're having to deal with. You know, there, there's a lot going on right now, but what I can say is that our, our theory of action in the school system is, is, uh, is, is really all about starting with good leadership. So it's not just about the director of schools. We have a, a great senior leadership team. We have great principals uh, that have, have been in touch with, with teachers on a weekly basis. Those teachers have been in touch with kids. Uh, so it's a team effort, you know, to, to support, um, you know, your kids, Charlie, Mike, my, my kids, and all of the the 36,500 kids in the Montgomery County school system. You know, I can't speak to all the teachers, but you know, I have a kid in fifth grade and one in eighth grade, and my son's teachers have reached out to them, they've called me, they've been on video chats with them, and then even today, I had mentioned to Noah's teacher that he was kind of really into the Titanic right now, and so today she sent me some stuff for him to research, and I just think that is very a personalized approach and um, I, I for one appreciate it and it, it, it makes me feel like my kids special to them you know it, it's important uh, this is a completely different you know feel for parents uh, as I watch you know my, my wife and I navigate the waters of doing the job and, I, and I'm going in pretty much every day for at least five or six hours uh, and my wife is continuing you know, to work hard, but we've, you know, we've got this, this high school daughter and this second grade son, and we have to make sure that they get what they need, you know, on a daily basis. So it's a, it's a, it's a bit of treading water, but it's also a, a bit of finding those support from the teachers and the school system that they can provide. And, and we've done the best job that we can really putting together, you know, all kind of resources to help, uh, help parents at home during this new norm. Well, one one question I'd like to ask, and, and kind of go back to the beginning of this whole ordeal we're in, you know, I started thinking about what it's like when you cancel school for snow, right? And you go through that process. What was the process like when you said we've right. got to cancel for a month, or whatever the time frame was? How how did that pan out? So we we actually started looking, um, you know, at this process and what the numbers were looking like. Um, early on, uh, early, uh, late January, February, we were paying attention of, you know, around what was going on across the country. So we had been meeting, we put together what's called a, uh, a um, communicable disease team. And that dis- a communicable disease team consists of several members of my senior leadership team, a head of nursing, our head of our, our clinic uh, as well. 
and we've been really talking about exactly um, exactly what it is. Another member of that team is, is Joey Smith from the Health Foundation also. So we were meeting weekly. Then we moved to a daily meeting. Uh, we backed that back down to uh, two or three days a week now uh, where we're taking a close look at the numbers, exactly what it's going to mean, uh, what the potential uh, mitigation of risk looks like as well. And we finally made that decision on a Thursday that uh, that that really made sense to us to uh, to shut it down. And um, we we had, you know, a couple uh, potential situations. I think there was a lot of uh, angst out there. Right. And we utilized not only the angst, but also the data, uh, which was extremely important to tell us what was going to be best to uh, to ensure that this virus did not you know, uh, get passed along through children to uh, to some of the elderly people in our county as well. So are you, is that, you said that group's still meeting. So will it be that group that decides if we go back to school, May or not? It's, it's uh, some of that group and it's also my senior leadership team. Okay. Uh, ultimately, it's, it's a decision that I will make uh, and, and let my board know. Uh, right now, where we are is kids are scheduled to come back uh, May 4th. Uh, but as you know, much like both of our mayors, our governor, um, everybody's taking a week to week look at this. I think it's gonna be, um, I think there will possibly be some modifications in terms of that May 4th deadline. Um, to what extent that modification will look like, I don't know. You know, will it be an additional two, th two or three weeks? Will it be the rest of the school year? Um, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we'll know that. Uh, but what we want to do is let our parents and our community know as early as possible, because we know what it means in terms of child care. Heck, I'm living it myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're having to, you know, determine uh, who's going to be home at what time to ensure that you know, my son Trey gets what he needs as well. Um, so we want to get our community the earliest information that we can. So uh, if we can make that decision uh, in reference to calling school or not, graduations or not, uh, as early as possible, we're going to do it. So, so one of the questions, I'm sorry, Charlie, go I ahead. Know. One of the questions I've seen people ask is, let's say that we don't go back to school. Will the kids have to make this up this summer or will they just take a summer break and we just move on from there? So the State Board of Education recently met and um, and made some emergency decisions um, in, uh, in that board meeting that essentially said that kids won't have to make up uh, okay. this time. The, uh, the extended resources and learning opportunities that we're providing uh, from school system to school system across the state uh, will subsidize. Uh, there are some grading expectations uh, for, for seniors, which they've been notified about. Um, so, uh, but what's gonna be important is what people understand or may not understand about what's called the CARES Act. The CARES Act is kind of a, kind of a stimulus-like plan for education. Mm -hmm. And it, it should provide some resources for school systems to start doing, uh, whether it be after school programs, 
Uh, it could be uh, extended learning summer school programs for next summer, not this coming summer. So this is going to be something that we try to focus on for the long term. We know that there's going to be like a summer long, uh, a summer learning loss. We talk about the summer learning loss. Well, this is not going to be just like a two month learning, summer learning loss. We're talking about a four or five month summer learning loss. Right. So it's going to be important that we take a long term look at how we're going to approach uh, ensuring that kids are caught up on and, and up to up to par in terms of their uh, expectations around their education. So my um, my curriculum and instruction team, my senior leadership team, we're working to develop a plan right now. Uh, and so families can expect some extended learning opportunities. And what I say by opportunities, I mean uh, non-mandatory, where if your child wants to go to a uh, an after-school program, and we bus them home, uh, we're going to have that available throughout the entire school year next year. We're also going to have opportunities okay. for our kids for summer school as well in an extended manner, uh, unlike we've had in the past, uh, because we know that you know this learning loss is not going to be made up in, in one quarter or one semester. It's going to take time, and it's going to take support. Uh you, you said the word bus, and it made me think of kind of a random question, but if you decided that you wanted to have, or we could have school for a week or two, and there was a concern about kids being on the buses and being close to each other, could you have school without bus transportation, or would it, it has to be a total package? That's a great question, Charlie, and uh, it would be extremely difficult. 29,000 um, almost 30,000 of our 36,500 kids depend on us uh, for transportation on a daily basis. So to to say that we would uh, let busing kind of be the linchpin of whether we would have school not would not would, would really not be um, yeah it's not, it, it wouldn't happen. I think um, we would have to bus our kids from an equity standpoint, and if that were the deciding point, the linchpin then I would say um, we we definitely wouldn't be moving forward from that perspective. But there are a lot of other things that we would utilize. But busing is very important. It's a great question. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot that more that goes into it than Katie and I could ever imagine. Oh, I bet. Your decision to not have class is one thing, but then the decision affects school lunches. And there's so many things that you know, we might not think about it on a daily basis. There are hungry kids out there that don't get that meal. And, and you guys, that, that was one of the Man. most immediate things that we had to focus on. Uh, since the day we closed, uh, we have served over 200,000 meals uh, to awesome. our students. So we opened to 22, 22 of our sites uh, that are set up like a drive through window uh, where you can pick up your meals. Those same 22 sites were providing our extended learning or continued learning resources where they can pick up a packet if you're kindergarten to eighth grade. Uh, and if you're eighth grade or sixth grade to eighth grade, you can go to the Google platform and get your assignments uh, that way. So I'm doing a little bit of both. Um, I've just just walked away from, uh, from my son and working on his packet. My daughter's in there working on her assignments right now. Teachers are available for help. We've developed a CMCSS uh, help teacher help uh, hotline. We also uh, have resources set aside uh, for the um, another hotline that uh, kids can utilize to get assistance. So we've put together a pretty robust plan that I'm very proud of. 
uh, from a very talented group of individuals in our instruction department that have come together and, and, uh, and got this done. So I read somewhere that if we don't go back to school, we'll use the grades from the time we ended, right? So I guess my, my question is, is that the end of third nine weeks or because when you go into power school right now, there's there's some classes there might be two grades. So the average there doesn't always, you know, you could do really good on one and really bad on the other and end up with a C. So how does that work? Where were the grades start from? So the, the grades will start from, you hit the nail on the head, it'll start from, uh, from, from the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, the state, state Board of Education has, has changed graduation requirements for this year for this specific reason. All graduating students are required to earn 20 credits, 13 of which are specific core content. Uh, the other is seven, uh, seven credits are, are not specific. Um, students are not required, like you said, uh, to, uh, to pass a uh, citizenship te- test. They're not required to take SAT and ACT either this year. If a student's working uh, toward uh, a higher diploma, which we have several students that are, they must still take the AP test uh, for their courses. Uh, principals are sharing. Uh, great information, as you just mentioned, um, uh, very soon with schools so that students know, ex- know exactly what that looks like. Uh, we're scheduling Zoom uh, calls uh, that, you know, that will allow us to answer any questions uh, for, uh, for next Monday. Uh, so uh, principals uh, will be getting in touch with our community members so that they can have those specific questions answered uh, and know exactly what it means for their kids in terms of graduation, especially our, our 2000 seniors that are out there. Man, I'm, I know the seniors are struggling. Like I said, you know, I've got, I've got Lexi at home, <clears throat> senior missing dance, missing class, missing maybe, um. maybe prom, maybe graduation. And uh, that leads me to the question of, I saw your uh, social media post recently and you, you spoke to some of these things and you, and you spoke about a survey that may be going out. Can you tell us about that? So we, we, we have some incredibly talented, uh, wonderful kids that are out there. And what we want to do is really get their feedback. Uh, we've got some ideas and uh, we've, we've heard some from some of our partners that are out there uh, and we want to combine and, uh, and do something in conjunction, in conjunction with our students and really take some of their feedback. A part of our organization is about continuous feedback. And, uh, and this is just another opportunity to take that feedback uh, coupled with the strategic planning that we generally focus on and create something. Uh, if we do need to move into the virtual direction, then we'll have the feedback and great idea thinking around many of what our community members feel uh, that could happen to ensure that the safety of our community and students are number one. Yeah. Well, I know Aiden met with his class the other day virtually just so they could all hang out and talk. Absolutely. My, my kiddo, they did the same thing. They actually had a show and tell. Oh, that's fun. Uh, I was responsible for bringing the uh, my beta fish upstairs without wasting a drip of water. So I'm proud. Oh, of is, it, is it bring your pet to school day? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. It pretty much was. Uh, but that that in itself is a is a form of healing uh, yeah. for our kids uh, that are missing. Uh, I sat in the background and watched uh, my son's incredible teacher um, have conversation and. 
and really take an impromptu conversation and make kids feel better about the situation. And it, it really warmed my heart to watch what she's doing. And it's happened weekly um, yeah. uh, for the last couple of weeks. And I'm grateful uh, again for uh, for that being set up, you know, classroom to classroom, teacher to teacher, administrator to administrator. I'm very proud of, of, of what our folks are doing. One, one thing that I saw at my house is um, Lexi's part of the uh, Chick-fil-A uh, Leadership Academy. Mm-hmm. And and they've been having some Zoom meetings and, and discussing on ways that they can help with this situation. And I won't I don't know what they decided on, but you know, they talked about buying gift cards and donating them to first responders and you know, I don't know where they ended up with that, but it was really good to see them her talking with her peers on ways that they can be more involved. If they can't be at school, they can still be involved in the community. See, Charlie, education is about teaching kids to critically think. And we're, when we're in a situation where there's Chick-fil-A, the school system, you know, you guys providing opportunities for kids to not just think about what's going on in the world and this pandemic um, episode that we're having in the world, but to really strategically think about how we can get past it in right. strategic ways. Uh, so I'm, I'm extremely happy to hear about, you know, uh, opportunities like Chick-fil-A their leadership program opportunities like what we're providing for kids to really provide us with some feedback. And we've gotten great feedback already. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue to get more so that we uh, can do something special uh, for our kids uh, in reference to graduation if we do go beyond the May 4th uh, date that we've set to come back to school. I certainly hope we do because I, for one, my two kids at home, I don't think they like each other anymore. So I'm ready for them to get back to school. It's good. I got a call yesterday, Katie, uh, from from my wife and said, um, it's time to switch. Um, (laughs) He was doing his packet and uh, one, I think the word that he had that he was working on was uh, I don't I remember what the word was, but he, he indicated in his sentence that he had to write that mom is mean and, oh, <laughs> and he misses his teacher. So, uh, yeah. so it was my That's turn. That's more of appreciation for your teacher then, isn't it, right? It takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you because I know that the decisions that you're making aren't easy. And like Charlie said earlier, we have no idea everything that's going into these. So when you're making decisions that are what's best for our kids, I, for one, think that we're in good hands. Don't you, Charlie? I I do. And the, the one thing I'll plead with you about is. Let's figure out a graduation of some sort. Absolutely. And, and that's that's a, a dad talking. Not I don't just, blame you, Daddy. I don't blame I, you. So, you on it. You want that choke up moment to be able to watch Lexi walk across that stage, that's don't right. you? And, hey, and he'll no, cry. And, he will and cry. I, and, and I'm going to speak for a lot of people that aren't on this screen right now. I know there's a lot of people in this community that would band together to make something happen because I've gotten a million calls. So if there's anything we can do to help yep. you and the school system, you, well, you bet you believe it. We'll be reaching out to five star. And I, I don't want both of you to know that, you know, you guys were extremely important <clears throat> before, you know, before this came down. Uh, but you have to think about it now. You know, there's no sports. Uh, a lot of our major, um, you know, things that were going on on TV are not happening anymore. So people are listening to Five Star even more. 
um, I find myself, I, I have it on every day at work. And uh, so to to be able to hear the information that you're providing and the uplifting, you know, opportunities that you're providing for our, uh, for our community to uh, to hopefully get it rolling again. Thank you guys for letting everybody know and uh, and keeping us uplifted. Well, we're really blessed to be surrounded by some really amazing community leaders and people. So it makes it makes loving this community easy, in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, Miller, thank you for coming and joining us today. I know that you got a lot going on. You guys take care. We'll see you soon. Yes, sir. See you later. All righty. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single conversation.